Hi everyone, my name is Jasmine. Welcome to Faithfully Uncool, my little corner of the internet where I talk about Christianity, spirituality, and life. I often find myself overthinking, overanalyzing, or nerding out about my faith, so I figured I may as well do what all good nerds do and make a podcast. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, I'm happy you're here and hope you learn something new for the road. Today, we're talking about the first Christian conference I've ever been to, and I'm super excited. Now, while I have been to conferences or retreats that are church-based, especially in college when I was in a Christian ministry group, this was the first time I'll say as a full adult or hashtag real adult that I've gone to a Christian conference where different biblical scholars, professors, theologians, writers, seminarians, preachers, you know, blah, 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 etc. We're in a space to discuss various aspects of the Bible and its interpretations based on some of the most hard-hitting questions of our day. It was honestly very eye-opening, inspirational, and just a great gift to myself especially since professionally I've planned two conferences, one virtual and one in person for my employer. So it just felt surreal and so refreshing to finally go to a conference and be a guest rather than being a person behind the scenes. So I've got mad respect for everyone who has to put on in-person events and this crazy post-COVID or near post-COVID or kind of post-COVID or we're still in a pandemic, whatever, crazy world. And so I am excited to discuss what resonated with me about my experience at the conference in this episode. Before diving into that part of the episode, though, I'll go over a quick life update that I like doing, and that'll be my highs and lows. So one high is related to the conference, and that's that I won a raffle. I got some goodies and nice books from the conference that I was able to um, share with my mom. Um, And so that was just really cool. It was like a journal, Bible studies, a couple devotionals. Um, I did share on my Instagram when when I was first um, opening the bag of stuff. So you can look at that at faithfully uncool underscore podcast again that's at faithfully uncool underscore podcast shameless plug for my instagram but i do tend to put up more up-to-date content and things like that up there i also bought a new suitcase that you can also see in a reel you guessed it on my instagram at faithfully uncool underscore podcast so my new suitcase is my second high really love it This is really random, but I think one lesson that I'm trying to teach myself is to incorporate items into my life that encourage me to become the kind of person I want to be. So I want to incorporate more travel into my life, especially overseas travel when I can, and buying a fancy new suitcase was instrumental in that. For anyone who's a fan of Away, it was one of their suitcases, the Away luggage brand. I got a beautiful white one with roses on it from a partnership they did with another brand called Vacara, and it's stunning. I hope I said that right. It's like Vacara, like a cowgirl in Spanish, I believe, but it's a stunning suitcase, um, and I have it in a reel, so you can see that. Also, the Taylor Swift album, upon the recording of this podcast, has recently dropped. So I'm currently streaming Midnights, and that is my third 
uh, high. Love that album. Um, really into Snow on the Beach and the bonus track Paris and Maroon and Karma. Bejeweled gets me. So, you know, keep sparkling, keep shimmering, but very much um, enjoying the Taylor Swift album currently. For lows, there's not really too many, which is great. I'm really soaking in my blessings lately, trying to stay hashtag grateful and all that jazz. But if I had to say one low, it would really be that the theme of the month for me, especially as it comes to work and certain types of tasks that I have to do professionally and also non-work related, but are just projects that I'm doing, is done is better than perfect. I get really stuck in perfectionism. I get really, really stuck in overanalyzing every single thing that I do. Um, I heard this this uh, phrase once that I think is really helpful, where someone was saying that you have rubber balls and you have glass balls. And each day you have to figure out what are your glass balls, the things that you cannot drop let or let shatter, and what are your rubber balls, the things, the reports, the projects, etc. that you can keep on the back burner that if you let go, they'll bounce. It won't be some catastrophic, crazy thing. So lately I've felt like everything is a glass ball, but I have been trying to pivot my thinking into more, hey, Don't get stuck in perfectionism. Don't get stuck in every single thing has equal value and, you know, impact because that's not necessarily true. And so I think that it's really, really helpful for me to remember that. And so for all of my fellow overthinkers in the room, I just say this so that you remember to give yourself that same grace too. Don't be afraid to drop one or two rubber balls and to understand that not everything is the same impact or importance because often thinking like that gets us super overwhelmed, super quick. Very much not easy to do, very much easy to say, but prayers for you if you also can relate to this problem. So let's not hold back any longer and let's get into the episode. So Jasmine, what was this conference and what did you learn? I'm so glad you asked. Well, this conference was put on by the Jude 3 Project, which is an apologetics organization that tries to help Christians know what they believe and why. I think the emphasis the Jude 3 Project has on issues affecting Black Christians is one of the qualities that really sticks out to me about the organization. I've been following them for maybe a year or so on Instagram, and I've just been intrigued by their work, listened to a podcast here and there maybe, but overall, I hadn't been very intentional about my engagement with them. However, since I do follow them on social media, I happened to learn about their annual conference, which was coming to Washington, D.C. on Labor Day weekend, and in a moment of very uncharacteristic spontaneity, bought myself tickets. So that's what really brought me to the conference itself. You know, just pure curiosity, and this episode will dive into a few things I learned and which sessions I found most interesting and things about those sessions, but... Just as an FYI to get this out there, I am not sponsored nor affiliated with the Jude 3 Project in any way. So if you want to know more about their work and what they do, what they stand for, I won't say I'm a spokesperson for that, but would rather encourage you to check them out for yourself and see how you personally want to engage. And there will be links in the show notes for you to do so and, you know, see who they are. 
In any case, as a first-time goer of their conference, which was brilliantly based around the recurring theme of courageous conversations, with 2022's focus on the scholar and the skeptic bridging the gap between the church and the culture. And they definitely had some brave speakers, so here's the top three things that I want to share. Number one. Being in an intellectual religious space with people from my own background was both jarring and amazing. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. I've always been a nerd about theology and the Bible and spirituality, even as a kid. I was always watching the History Channel, National Geographic, the banned books of the Bible shows, you know, all those different shows. And really, what I sort of subconsciously notice is that none of the experts on those shows, quote unquote experts on those shows, tended to look like me, i.e., Black Americans. There weren't many women and there weren't many Black people. Those are the two things that I noticed, or many other people of color featured. And so there was this sense that the Black person talking about the Bible wasn't the expert in the room. I was even told once by my favorite college professor, who was a white woman, that the religious studies department had interviewed for new professors that year. I think it may have been 2014 or 2015. And there was only one woman and no African-Americans who were interviewed for this role. So she encouraged me to continue my own religious studies. Now, personally, I have considered many times going to seminary or studying theology more. I have my religious studies major as a major for my bachelor's degree, but I've also considered taking it further via a master's or auditing classes at a seminary nearby. So there's definitely that desire in me still to continue to learn and grow. But that moment sticks with me as like, man, being in a room of theologians, professors, preachers, etc., that are predominantly black, and we're about to talk about some heavy topics in terms of sexuality, race, gender, politics, how to read the Bible, what we think of God, like, Like, that just hasn't been my norm. And so I can't really talk about the Jude 3 Project Conference without mentioning that this was a huge, whoa, this is so cool moment for me. It wasn't about the absence of other people. It was about the overwhelming presence of Black Christians in this intellectual space, and I'd like to make that clear. I learn a lot and continue to learn a lot from Black and non-Black Christians, but when you're no longer a minority in a space where sometimes you expect to be the minority, it's a really validating experience, and maybe some of you can resonate with that too. Number two, don't be afraid to go places by yourself. You're going to learn so much by stepping out in confidence and faith, even if you walk alone. Listen, your girl went to this conference alone. All right. I was flying solo. Hashtag Jason Derulo. I don't know if it's flying solo, riding solo, if anybody remembers that Jason Derulo song from a few years back. But I had no one there but my purse and a very nice tote bag I got upon walking into the door. Okay. This also wasn't a setting where I expected to make friends because It's not like we were in a hotel and everyone is sort of mingled around each other, even when you're on the way to your room or something like that. Rather, this was an event space. So it was very, come this day, leave, come back the next day. 
I also just don't make friends super easily because making friends as an adult is hard and anyone who says it's not is lying or cooler than me and we all know no one's cooler than me so I encourage you to revisit the possibility of that being a falsehood. Anyways, let's just say that going to places alone is hard. Like, it's just not a default easy thing to do, particularly if you get a bit anxious or anything. Sometimes you can feel like a fish out of water. And... There were a lot of people that seemed to be traveling in pairs or groups, so there were moments where I was like, ooh, I should have brought someone. Also, the stuff you're learning about is hella cool, so you want a buddy to nerd out with, quote-unquote debrief with, right? This conference was about courageous conversations and its understanding that the Bible, God, all these deep ideas and beliefs we hold as Christians, we learn in the questioning and in the conversations about our faith. I think if you go to a conference like this, you learn about that and not only the conversations on stage by panelists, but by the intimate conversations you have with fellow audience members, friends, and the like. So of course, there's a benefit in having a travel buddy. In particular, the courageous conversations or panels per se that I witnessed were, is Christianity homophobic? Is Christianity a white man's religion? Does Christianity oppress women? Again, best place to deep dive into Jude 3's project's messaging is to check them out on their socials, which I'll link. They've shared some really interesting snippets from the different panels on their Instagram. I'll say that a range of opinions were represented, and I think it's important to show, especially when many in the room are from the same ethnic group or racial background, that we're not a monolith. That's important to note, even religiously, when too often the message can be, think my way or you're going to hell. It's so vital to have spaces where different expressions can calmly speak, challenge, and address one another. Now, all three of the panels I mentioned, so the were all named after a question. So the panels I mentioned were three separate panels. They were all pretty hard-hitting questions, right? It'd be impossible to sort of summarize every single thing said at every single one, since many had four to five panelists and touched on a variety of subjects, but I can mention what stuck out to me the most about the sessions that I listed. During the Is Christianity Homophobic panel, what stuck out to me is that this panel had speakers from both the conservative and progressive side, and let me just be frank here. Personally, I think as Christians, we are called to radically love. As a Christian on the more progressive than conservative side, I personally believe that radical love involves a radical inclusivity in which I don't condemn LGBTQ people. And I respect any challenge to seek higher self-awareness, go deeper in love, appreciation, and compassion towards others. So I appreciated this conversation for what it tried to accomplish in that regard. And to be fair, I think all the panelists at least attempted to be respectful of the opportunity and space they were given. Most importantly, I recognize that Jude 3 in having this discussion included LGBTQ speakers. To me, it's very important to let individuals speak to their own experience. One of the best things I've learned is that we're not voices for the voiceless because everyone should actually have a voice. So that's a nod in the right direction to me. This panel is a heavy topic. There's no way I can totally summarize it for you. But I will say that if you were concerned about 
maybe people avoiding tough questions or having tough conversations. This is an example that the Jude 3 Project wasn't trying to shy away from that. I think questions about asking, is the Christian faith inclusive, is incredibly important because there's been a lot of church hurt from people in communities where they've been excluded from church families or church homes and want to know if the faith as a whole is just bound to always be that way. And so I do think that it's important to have these conversations and to include people of the communities that you're talking about within them. Panelist names were Miss Quonaquia, I may be saying that wrong and I apologize, Miss Quonaquia Day, Dr. Brian Loritz, Dr. Pamela Lightsey, and Dr. Tony McNeil. During the Is Christianity a White Man's Religion panel, I actually wrote down a quote from Dr. Michael Waters, which says, and this is a paraphrasing because I was writing really hasty notes on my iPhone, but Dr. Michael Waters said, if the Bible is a text that moves with oppressed communities, what could be blacker than Christianity? Just wow. (laughs) Honestly, this is probably one of the most difficult panels to discuss because it was just such an educational moment for me. They all truly were, but I think this question of is Christianity a white man's religion is something that I personally haven't spent a lot of time with, and so it was a much newer dialogue for me to witness. But as I try to get more education of liberation theology and how Christianity was on the African continent before colonialism or slavery and just different historical aspects of the faith and how it's intersected the lives of African descended peoples, it's truly fascinating and telling. Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude 3 Project, was on this panel and mentioned that the gospel has two wings to, quote, save me from the sin of slavery and the slavery of sin, and Jesus is the only liberator that can do both. Again, admitting that I may have paraphrased, but honestly, like, come on, y'all. The speakers on this panel did not come to play around at all. There is a wealth of knowledge here, especially with Christianity in the U.S. and how it's been weaponized against Black folks. So yes, this one right here hits so hard. Speakers were Dr. Vince Bantu, Lisa Fields, Dr. Michael Waters, and Bishop Kenneth Ulmer. And lastly, because we weren't serious enough, let's lighten the mood. Does Christianity oppress women? This was a glorious conversation with some amazing women. One of the speakers, Natasha Sistrunk Robinson, spoke about the famous story of Mary and Martha in the Bible and pointed out how they're both theologians, whereas so often we pit Martha, the sister who was cooking, against Mary, the sister who sat at Jesus' feet. But when Lazarus dies, Martha actually tells Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that points to her love for Jesus and disappointment, but that she also has an understanding of Jesus, right? So sort of this idea that Martha and Mary are their own theologians. And yeah, I could be like screwing that all up, but it was a truly fascinating discussion. And I really want to get into Sistrunk Robinson's books and other works that she has out to just read more about 
how she thinks and her um, work. So this is another topic that I've looked into, but got new perspective on and truly enjoyed hearing from everyone present. A lot of respect for everyone on this panel. Their names were Dr. Dominique Robinson's, Dr. Sarita Lyons, Dr. Gabby Wilkes, and Natasha Sistrunk Robinson. Amazing. Some honorable mentions for panels that I won't dive into but thoroughly enjoyed attending were Is Christianity Bad for Our Mental Health? and Should We Trust the Bible? This was also a two-day conference and I've only scratched the surface of what was discussed honestly. So I say again, go to Jude3Project's Instagram or website or other socials and stuff for yourself. There's truly no substitute for experience and I encourage you to experience all the panels I mentioned and didn't mention for yourself, if you can, um, to catch snippets, videos, whatever. The point here is that I, if I'd been too afraid to go alone, I wouldn't have learned or heard any of the courage on stage. Many of these people, honestly, most of them, I had never heard of before the Judithy conference. But now I have people to look up, read their work, get more of their perspective, see where they stand on things, and to just educate myself further, right? So in this moment of daring myself to venture out alone, I have now discovered new things to learn and to get familiar with. Sometimes we're waiting for someone to invite us out or give us the green light before we take a step. So here's your reminder that even if you have to adventure by yourself, get like Dora and just explore. Number three, this final point really sums up what this conference experience taught me and that's this. Give your hobbies and interests credit. Like I said before, I'd planned two work conferences in the months prior to this conference, but I hadn't really given myself a lot of time outside of work to do the things that I love. Going above and beyond at where we work is great, and I know it's become a trend to do this quote-unquote quiet quitting, But depending on where you work and what you do, you like your job. You don't necessarily want to do that, and maybe it doesn't really benefit you. I also think we should be careful about making quiet quitting synonymous with just having a healthy work-life balance. Hopefully, we're all trying to have a good work-life balance and put work in the proper bucket. Not doing things for work that actually are harmful to our mental or physical health, etc. So when I say give your hobbies and interests credit, I mean... If you have to, if it makes sense to think about it this way, treat them like a job. Credit means that you give these time. Credit means not abandoning your passions due to workplace or professional burnout or an obsession with productivity. Credit means believing you belong in the spaces that exist in your wildest dreams. If you're someone who tries to stay humble and you're humble enough to believe that nothing is below you, then be confident enough to believe that nothing is above you. Sometimes we're so quick to kind of self-reject or not see ourselves certain places that we forget to self-accept and to automatically see ourselves beyond where we are now or beyond our wildest imagination. So those new skills you want, those new friendships you want to build, those new hobbies, those new habits, give time and space to those things in your life. I went to this conference purely for myself because I was interested, and it felt great. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to the Faithfully Uncool podcast. 
With that, these are the top three things that I learned and took away from this conference. So moment of truth, would I go again? Moment of truth, yes. Next time with friends though. So if you know me and you're my friend, gear up because you're going to be asked to go with me next year. Again, if you'd like more information about the Jude 3 conference, please check out the information in the show notes. I also thank you so much for listening and encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting apps if you enjoy what you heard today. Please follow my Instagram at faithfullyuncool underscore podcast for more. And whatever you do, as always, go in peace.